February 23, 2023. We're in Masechet Beitza Andaf. If you count down in the widest lines, it's uh, six lines down, or maybe five lines down, the last word on the line. Hashohet Hayaveov Beyom Tov If you recall, what we now are dealing with. Uh, briefly in the Gemara, is those next lines in the Mishnah, after the Hametz and Seor mentioned with regards to Mahlok and the dispute between Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel, the Mishnah now transitioned to another dispute and the circumstances, HaShohet, the person who slaughtered a Haya or Of, a uh, wild, undomesticated animal or a bird on Yom Tov, and in turn, they have a mitzvah from the Torah of Kisui Hadam. Uh, what's the halakha with regards to such a situation where they don't have the dirt which is necessary to cover the blood uh, on Yom Tov? That's a mahluk between Beit Shammai and Beit Hilel. As we mentioned again in the Mishnah. Again, what does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says in such a circumstance, Beit Shammai omrim, according to Beit Shammai, you use the uh, shovel and you dig up in order to do the kisui. It's not a proper uh, procedure. You don't slaughter unless you knew and were aware of the fact that you prepared or had prepared dirt beforehand. The Mishnah doesn't say you already slaughtered it. According to Betilel, you don't let them slaughter it. Concludes the Mishnah, Umodim. However, Betilel agrees, Charlie. She'im Shahat, if you did already slaughter, she'achpor badekr v'ichaseh. In such a circumstance, all right, listen, you already slaughtered. You didn't really listen to what we thought you should do. Now that's your situation. Du kisui hadam. Those are the words of the Mishnah. Very briefly, before we even begin the Gemara, it should be mentioned at the very onset already. What's the reason for kisui hadam? Not that it'll per se change our understanding of this mahlokit or the sukya. But we're talking about a concept which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is somewhat foreign to us. We're not generally speaking involved in shechita, certainly not haya and of. So uh, we don't often think about this mitzvah, but it's a mitzvah from the Torah. Uh, there's a mystery, like many other mitzvot, with regards to the ta'am, the reason that might underlie or a way that we can be in turn uh, impacted by the mitzvah. In the book Sefer HaChinuch, we enumerate the 613 mitzvot and looks for reasons. He suggests the reason over here is similar to some others, and it's as a way to bring forth within us a certain compassion, a certain way of approaching the world and people in a way that's not achzari, that's not cruel. Uh, it could be that by slaughtering uh, often and bringing forth that blood, we can lose a certain side of that compassion, sympathy, and empathy to others. As a result, the Torah has a sivui, as a command, uh, take that blood and feel for a moment what it is to cover it up and understand this is not something that goes in your own life uh, unnoticed. You have to be able to be sensitive to what took place and in turn kind of jolt yourself back into place. Why is it then only relevant to Haya and Of? Why not Behema? So Sefer Ahinuch questions this. He says, but Behema, the domesticated animals, is what we would use as a way of approaching God, as a korban. Since you're already using it as a way of approaching God as a korban, where you're taking the blood and not, not covering it, you're quite the opposite, sprinkling it onto the altar, onto the mizbeach. He says, even when you're doing it on your own, we're not going to mix and match. What about alfot? What about birds? Sometimes you bring birds for korbanot. That's very rare and foreign in between. You don't generally speaking bring birds, and as a result, there's a mitzvah kisui hadam on birds. That's sefer covering it with the dirt. 
That's Sefer HaChinuch. So again, Sefer HaChinuch gets stuck on the details, but that's his general picture. The details will be difficult and vexing for any interpretation. Another famous interpretation is Rav Kook. Rav Kook, who was the uh, chief rabbi of, uh, before the establishment of the State of Israel, but of what was at the time known as the uh, Palestine. Um, so Rav Kook, who was a tremendous Jewish thinker, he suggested that in general, this is a much longer and wider, broader conversation, he suggested in general it's not an ideal of the Torah that we be slaughtering animals and eating them at all. And that was his approach. He was not suggesting that we be, in the moment, all vegetarians. He was suggesting that, so to speak, in Yomot HaMashiach, when we're living that ideal life, that's maybe what we'll return to. After all, it's what Adam and Hadawar, it's only after the flood that we have a permissibility to Noah and his children that you can slaughter animals and eat from them. Um, the underlying concept, again, might be the same, but his, in other words, in terms of compassion as opposed to cruelty, and his, his statement in turn is uh, that's what the uh, Kisui Hadam is purposed for. It's a way of, it's a fascinating description, of weaning us off of the uh, eating of the meat. The more you're, you're covering the uh, blood, the more you're kind of saying to yourself, I'm, I'm aware that maybe what I'm doing is unideal. We live lives which are unideal, by the We're tapping into the thoughts of original creation. We're ultimately speaking eating and slaughtering. Yes, Rob? True point, says Rabbi. What's Rav Kook talking about? How can you have an ideal? It's against the mitzvah from the Torah. The Torah says, And so on and so forth. You have so many. You have mentioned in the Torah, the understanding of the Hachamim and Masechet Pesachim and elsewhere. How could you be a vegetarian? I mention again, not halakhically speaking, I'm not addressing that right now, but what I am telling you is, Rav Kook mentions this as an ideal. If it's as an ideal, so you and I can understand that the way we fulfill it, maybe in the here and now, is with meat. Uh, so to speak, in the future, when I'm in an ideal world, it might not be performed that way. There might be a way of elating, rejoicing, and appreciating God in other ways, not necessitating meat or the like. But those are important conversations to be had here. And always with regards to this sort of matter, I will mention just lastly, Harambam in his Moreh Nebuchim, in many circumstances, uh, scales back to the ways of Abu Dazara. Blood was very much a part of the rites and practices of Abu Dazara. We mentioned this in Masechet Sanhedrin when we talked about that Isur in the Torah of not eating blood. Why would you want to eat blood? What does it even mean to eat blood? And the Hachamim had several interpretations in terms of the relevancy to you and me. But Harambam states in his Moren Vuchim, like, to be honest with you, this is probably just negating the ways of Abu Dazara where they used to consume together with the blood as part of their rites and and, uh, and procedures in, in worshipping. It might be something along the same lines over here. What I will just conclude with is that when we talk about reasons for mitzvot, we speak not so much about the intended purpose, quote, initially from God. We speak more and, and, and much more significantly and, and in a very real way about the way that it influences you and me. In other words, when you and I approach a mitzvah or we abstain from an averah, not so much we're thinking historically, why did God come out? You could try to do that, you're going to figure that out. You're questioning how is this affecting me in the here and now. Truth is, Sefer Ahinuch himself makes this point. He calls the reasons ta'ameha mitzvah. 
He's just giving you a taste. He's not telling you shoshe ha-mitzvah. He's not telling you the roots or the sibat ha-mitzvah, the purpose of the mitzvah. The question is, as you do anything, you want to be able to question yourself, what is it that I'm getting from this? That's the proper way of phrasing this. Not, what is the reason I'm commanded to, I'm commanded to do this heke. What's the reason? The reason is because it could and will impact me. How can it impact me? Let me question. Let me figure that one out. mitzvah from the Torah. Yeah. Wild, some, some wild animals are edible. Yeah, that's why you're slaughtering them. That's why you're slaughtering them. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to be sacrificed, but to eat, be eaten. A deer, for example. All right, anyways, uh, it says the Gemara over here again. So the words in the Mishnah, now let's get to the nitty gritty. After all, it's a Gemara class, not a philosophy class or Musa class. Says the, says the Mishnah, if a person slaughtered, and then we detailed the Mishnah, between Beit Shemai and Beit Hillel. Says the Gemara, listen to that word. Pause for a second, reflect. A person who slaughtered. That's in past tense. You're already slaughtered. It seems to clearly imply that even according to Beit Shemai, who permit, and now using your decker, your, your um, shovel in order to cover up with the Mitzvah, it's only It's only after the fact. You weren't supposed to be slaughtering. If you didn't have the dirt prepared, you should, I know, I know the content. So does the Gemara. Don't. It's a setup. It's a setup. That's, that's what you have to say. In other words, the Gemara is teaching you how to read. So it says you read and you ask it like this. And then you get to the next words and you continue like this. That's... Uh, the Gemara, uh, Jared remembers the Mishnah that I mistakenly read to you at the beginning of his class entirely. I revealed to you the secret. And he says, you can't read that. Okay, uh, it's a setup. Anyway, so says the Gemara, It appears as if Bet Shammai are talking about after the fact. Look at the next words of the Mishnah. No, you shouldn't be slaughtering at all. I know that, Beti Leil. Beti Shammai never disagreed with that. After all, if we're reading the words the way we just did, Beti Shammai says, don't slaughter. If you did slaughter, cover up. Beti Leil says, no, you shouldn't slaughter. We're not talking to each other. Something's wrong over here. Miklal, it implies that second statement of Beti Leil, the Tanakama, the original opinion, meaning Beti Shammai, Savar, Yishot, that you're supposed to be slaughtering, or it's permitted, ideally, not after the fact. This, this question is not a question. Why not? Now, the statement over here in the Mishnah of, uh, of Betilel is not with regards to the actual slaughtering. That's right. We're talking about Bedi'avad. The question is after the slaughtering was done. Beit Shammai says, we didn't want you to be slaughtering. You weren't supposed to. You did already. All right. So dig up and then cover it. Betile, you turn to them and say, I already slaughtered. Say, you already slaughtered? Get out of there. What do you mean? Nothing. The statement of Betile is, even if you already went ahead, no kisui. You shouldn't have slaughtered. You're not doing kisui now to add insult to injury. Says the Gemara, says Jared, wait a second. Okay, so now the way you're explaining this to me is, even according to Beit Shammai, you shouldn't have been slaughtering. You slaughtered already, you cover. Beit Hillel, you shouldn't have slaughtered, don't cover. Let's just... What's the, the mitzvah ta'aseh is the kisui hadam, and the lot ta'aseh is all these uh, violations of Yom Tov. Uh, so, so believe it or not, you either learn betza, you're brilliant, or, or, or both. Uh, the Gemara will question these sorts of things. Uh, that's, that's what I said, or he's brilliant. Yeah. 
Of course, of course. Um, the Gemara will, not today, but the Gemara will address this. We generally do have a principle, the Gemara addresses this in the first chapter of Masechet Yevamot, of Aseh We have positive commandments for one reason or another. We'll address then uh, maybe a reason why. Uh, can and do push away under many circumstances the Lotase, which means to say if in the same fell swoop I'm violating but fulfilling by that violation, again, it's a mitzvah ta'aseh, which I perform through a prohibition. Violate the Shabbat to save a life. Uh, similar, similar, you don't need ta'aseh over there because you're saving a life. But, uh, you know, the classic example is uh, you're doing milah on Shabbat. Uh, you're doing uh, a sisit with uh, sha'atnez. Uh, other examples of that sort. The Gemara details why some work, some others don't, and so forth. But asks, uh, asks Nathan over here. What's that? Has to be one fossil. What is over here? It's two steps. No, the slaughter is mutat It's the kisui. And he says it's mitzvah kisui adam, but there's an isur of hakira and so forth. Because you have to say that the kisui adam is part of the shemitah. All right, all right. You know, we're too far ahead for me. I'm still deciding whether I'm supposed to be doing this. You're all looking for, you know. Anyway, says the Gemara, Jared and the Gemara announces, but wait a second, there's final words to the Mishnah. Remember these final words? Umodim, betilel shi'im shahat, One second, the words explicitly of betilel are, by the way, if you already did so, I now cover it up. One second. You just told me the dispute between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel went like this. Bet Shammai says, don't slaughter. If you slaughtered, cover up. Bet Hillel says, don't slaughter. You slaughtered? God, run for your life. Don't cover up. But the final words of the Mishnah imply, not imply, are explicit, not that way. Umodim, and Bet Hillel agrees that if you already slaughtered, I didn't want you to do that, cover it up. It's clear then that their discussion was not about but Bet Shammai seems to be even says it appears then that the first part of the Mishnah is not talking about after the fact it's according to Bet Shammai according to Bet uh, excuse me, according to Bet Shammai, you could be Shohet according to Bet Hilal, you shouldn't be Shohet what happens if you were Shohet according to Bet Hilal? says the Gemara but I'm stuck now because the word that we started the day and ended yesterday with is difficult. The word is hashochet. Hashochet means you slaughtered. The person who slaughtered. The person who slaughtered implies don't go ahead and slaughter. It doesn't say shochet. You can slaughter. You should slaughter. It says if you slaughtered, here's what you do. What do you mean if you slaughtered? It's mutar according to Bet Shammai. Why did they say hashochet? Gemara gives two answers, both along the lines of one word. It's what Charles suggested after the class yesterday. The word hashochet is not implying an action, it's implying a noun. It's implying the person who slaughters, right? Again, shohet can be used as slaughter. Hashohet is the slaughterer. So in other words, we read it as if you slaughtered, that's a verb, hashohet, the person who slaughtered. It's not the way you read it. It's the person who slaughters. It's the person who's a slaughterer. That's hashohet. Says Gemara, Amara Hashohet, the slaughterer, Sheba Limalech. Who comes to ask a question? The Mishnah is talking about that. The Mishnah starts with the word hashochet. Hashochet walks in front of the judge, turns to the rabbi, uh, is asking a question. The person who knows halacha. He says, "All right, I'm the shochet. It's not after the fact. I'm a shochet. I have a question. I didn't prepare the dirt before Yom Tov. 
What am I supposed to do? Shebali Malech, Kesad Omerlo. He comes to ask a question. How do you respond? Bechamai Omrim Omerlo, Shehot, Hafor, Vekaseh. Bechamai's response says, go ahead, slaughter, unearth, dig up some, uh, some uh, dirt and cover it. Betilel Omrim, Lo Yishhot, Elim Kenayalo Afar Muchan, Mibaudium. Betilel says, it's not what you were supposed to be doing. After the fact, you slaughtered. Okay, but the circumstances, Lechatechela. So, how do we kosher up that word? By saying, Shohet is not a, a reflective of an action which was done, but rather a noun, a person. In general, because of their personality or halakha was? Right, so, so, so we have several issues uh, which we haven't addressed, which the Gemara will imply, but we should mention it, why not already now? What's the issue with this dirt? Once, once we figure out what the issue with the dirt is, we can understand why Bet Shammai thinks it's okay and Bet Hillel don't. We've just been accepting uh, dirt is a problem. If it's a milacha, mamash, so then the question is going to be how could even Bet Shammai permit it? If it's an issue alternatively of what's called muchan, of mukseh, oh, then we understand mahlok. That's Then they're consistent with the earlier pins in our Mishnah, right? Bet Shammai are permitting with regards to mukseh in some circumstances. Bet Hillel are prohibiting. That might be what's, what's underlying this. Again, the Gemara will as well address, this is Tosafot's reading here on the Chetam Udalef, will as well address melachot from the Torah, but with very least the easiest interpretation at this point, and maybe throughout between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel, is a certain circumstance situation where the dirt was not prepared, those are the words we're really talking and using, um, and, and as a result, the question is, is this a problem of mukseh or not? Bet Shammai says, oh, we don't have that sort of problem of mukseh, something that's prepared in preparation um, before Yom Tov. Whereas Bet Hillel said, no, that absolutely is, if you had it prepared, okay. Question in turn will be, so how did Bet Hillel allow for it after the fact? Okay, that one we might be able to address, we'll have to deal with that, but now we understand... Why are we questioning? You have to eat in order for you to eat this animal. You have to cover the blood. Yeah. You must not kosher. No, no. You yeah. also have to have prepared items going into the holiday. You know, or shabbat in order to eat. In order to eat that. Right. Food. So, so all all, all yeah. important points. All important points and, and, and issues which we will must and will address. What's that? You cover the blood after you. No. How are you going to blood out? Right you have to do it. Yeah. Another way to cover besides dirt. You grow a towel. Oh no. Has to be dirt. No, that's a, anyway, even the wind would be. How do you prepare dirt anyway? Do I take dirt, put it in a cup, and say this is my, my, my cup? Well, the Gemara will tell us. Yeah, yeah, the Gemara will tell us. It, it, well, yeah. the assumption yeah. is, the assumption, no, firstly, it's not really prepared. And secondly, we're probably talking about, and this is probably the most standard of the circumstance, let's imagine this, okay, for argument's sake, Sukkot in New York. Sukkot in New York, in your back, I don't know about your back, in my backyard, the dirt is pretty hard. That's not Mukhan. You have, to, you have to crunch your, your shovel in, you've got to move it around a little bit. But even Pesach, depending on the year, even Pesach, depending on the, even Pesach in Israel, unless it's a field that's constantly uh, being soiled, uh, that's why it's not really Muchan. I mean, it's like sand. It's but, but it's, but dirt, I'll, it's dirt, and we're going to be clear about that in the Gemara. Okay, anyway. I don't know yet. The Gemara will ask. Well, why are you talking about Efer Kira? That's the Gemara over here. I know what the words mean. It means the ashes of an oven. I have no idea what that is. It's not Afar. What does it have to do with Kisuya? Okay, we'll deal with that. The Gemara, as Rashi told us on the Mishnah, we don't know what we're talking about there. But first things first. Says the Gemara, okay, Rav Yosef Amar. Rav Yosef is going to tweak that statement of Rabbah. Hachek Amar. This is how to read the Mishnah. Similar. Same idea. Hashoh Hechebah Lehimaleh. 
Same idea. The shochet comes and he's asking a question of the rabbi, of the scholar, of the person who knows halakha. Kesad omerlo. What do you say to him? Almost identical, Rav Yosef, but he tweaks something. Bet Shammai omrim omerlo lech go hafor shechot vekaseh. Different order. According to Rav Yosef, he first dig. Hmm, interesting. Rabbah told us, according to Bet Shammai, um, first slaughter and then dig. All right. Okay. So that's uh, that's uh, all the dust is to a certain no 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 pun intended. That's uh, finally those words actually have some meaning over here. And that's, yeah, all the dust is settled or dirt is settled. But effectively, we're left with a mahlok and a dispute between Rabbah and Rav Yosef in their interpretation of Bet Shammai with regards to ordering. Do you tell the person it's the appropriate order, first slaughter, then prepare the dirt, and only then cover? Or alternatively, do you say to dig up the dirt, slaughter, and then cover? What says the Gemara? What are they, what are they debating? It's just a procedural thing. Amar de Abaye le Rav Yosef. Abaye turns to Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef was the second opinion who was just recorded over here. His statement was first, first dig, then slaughter. Lema, should we say, mor verabba, you, my master, and rabba, the earlier opinion, bidr bizera amarav, maf ligitu, you're split on, peleg means to be split, to be cut, you're split on the issue which is quoted from Rabbi Zera in the name of Rav, What's that issue? De amar bizera amarav. After all, this was the statement. Hashohet sarich shiiten afar lemata veafar lemaala. The halacha, according to the bizera, goes as follows: If you're slaughtering and doing kisui hadam as you're supposed to, and hayave off, you need to have dirt not only on top but dirt on the bottom as well. Mm. Says, says Abaye, Rav Yosef, you must be telling us when you said first dig, because you have to have some dirt prepared underneath. That's why he said first dig. Whereas Rabbah says, no, slaughter and then cover. He disagrees with his statement. Is that the mahlokit? Where'd you come up with that halacha anyway? Rabbi Zera, in the name of Rav Shene Emar, Veshafach et Damo Vechisahu Be'afar. Afar lo ne'emar, ela Be'afar. The Pasuk says you should slaughter and you should cover it with the dirt. The dirt, the dirt, just say with dirt. Be'afar is a conjugation of be'ha'afar, with the dirt, what do you mean the dirt? It implies that there was already some dirt there prepared underneath, and he's taking the dirt and placing it on top as well. Okay, that's the dirashah. Maybe that's what's going on over here. Again, we settled the reading of the Mishnah. We understand Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel now that Bet Shammai is saying even lechatechila, even ideally he turns to the, the person on Yom Tov, he says, go ahead, slaughter, and go ahead and, and do kisui. Bet Hilel says, I don't, I don't think that's right. Something's wrong over here. You should have had that prepared beforehand. I don't, I'm sorry. Uh, Bet Hillel, however, says if it was already done, okay, so then you can cover it up. But now we have a mahloket. It's a, a detailed mahloket. Later generations, Gemara time, Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef. Question is, what's the ordering? Is their question, is that the deb- debate, the dispute about whether you need dirt underneath? We have a statement from an earlier rabbi, the Bizera, yeah, and then. Break around the hole and make the hole. Yeah, the hole it's fresh dirt. Yeah, you, you, you should have fresh dirt. Oh, it's definitely in a hole. Question, yeah, but, no, 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 but, but keep in mind, no, no, but, uh, again, who said I'm on a, uh, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm not in my yard, maybe I'm in my house, maybe I'm in whatever. No, it's, you need to have dirt underneath. Take it. Yeah. Hold that thought, uh, you went ahead, hold that thought, fantastic, fantastic, Jeffrey. Jeffrey says, wait a second. 
maybe something about this dirt of being there and slaughtering in the order doesn't necessarily have to do with, as the Gemara right now is suggesting, if the dirt has to be underneath. Maybe it has something to do with, well, what if I did the digging? And then my wife goes, she says, by the way, honey, I found meat in the freezer. Oh, okay, no problem, but you just dug up dirt. And in the end, that dirt was for no reason. Maybe that's what the issue is underlying. Okay, anyway, says the Gemara, Ela, Excuse me. Demor, this is concluding the statement. Abaye turns to Rav Yosef and says, I think this is what's going on. I'm trying to figure out what are you guys really arguing about, you Rav Yosef and he Rabbah. Demor you Rav Yosef who said that you need a dig beforehand. It's because you hold like Rabbi Zera. You need the dirt underneath, not only on top. But the other opinion, the dissenting opinion, says slaughter and then cover. He doesn't maintain the opinion of Rabbi Zera that you need dirt underneath as well. No, 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 it's not the way it works. Everybody agrees that you need dirt underneath and on top using Jared's, or it needs to be sub Submerged, so to speak, it's the wrong word. It means to be encased. Submerged means it's underneath. So it's more than that. It's encased by, yeah, yeah, by the or surrounded by the dirt. Even Rabbah admits to the fact that you should have dirt underneath. So what's the question over here? It means that when you're slaughtering, even according to Rabbah, there should be dirt on there. The question that, that, that underlies our dispute is the following. According to Rabbah, it goes like this. It says that Rabbah maintains that if you have the dirt underneath already prepared, you have some dirt for underneath prepared, now you could go ahead and slaughter. If not, and you need to prepare the dirt for underneath, I'm sorry, we won't allow you for, to do this. There's a different order on a weekday than a Yom Tov. What's that? There's a different order on a weekday versus a Yom Tov. Yom Tov, you need to have the dirt prepared. Correct. On a weekday, it doesn't need to be prepared. Correct. So again, so according to, that's right, so, so um, not as a different order, but the point is, according to Rabbah, on Yom Tob, if you don't have the dirt prepared beforehand underneath, I'm sorry, you can't do the Shechita on a weekday, so prepare it now. Why not? What's the problem with Rabbah? Well, why can't you just prepare the dirt right now? Haishinam, we have a fear. Dilma, maybe mamlich vela shahit. Maybe you'll be distracted. Maybe you'll realize I don't need a slaughter any longer. Rabbah will not permit a circumstance that you're entering into where it's not certain that you're about to perform the mitzvah of nefesh and the shechita with the appropriate ways. You're digging it up and then, I don't know, maybe you won't end up slaughtering. Slaughtering is not simple. Maybe you're not going to have the sharpened knife. Maybe you're not slaughtering and you're turning to someone from down the road to do it. Maybe any or everything could come up. You ultimately decide we're going to go dairy today. Whatever the circumstance is. So, so I can't permit that. That's Rabbah's statement. That's why. Nothing to, he agrees you need dirt underneath. I can't let you prepare the dirt in advance. And if you don't have it prepared in advance, I'm sorry, you can't do the shechita. I'm nervous that Dilma. No, he did it before Yom Tov. Shalom al Yisrael. You didn't have it prepared before Yom Tov, right? So that's according to Rabbi. If you didn't have it, chalas, I'm sorry. Nothing is guaranteed until you do it. I could cook and then something could happen and not end up eating the food. But here you're not even yeah, going to get know, into the procedure. It's too far removed. Yeah. You're supposed to do it on that day. As far as I know, it's that day. I don't know that it needs to be immediate. Because 
Rabbah, you have to, even if it's that day, it's still better to do it closest to the time. You need underneath as well. The question is the underneath. Everybody's agreeing you need it underneath. I don't have it prepared underneath. Can I now dig it up and prepare it for underneath? Rabbah says no. Why not? Because I might not slaughter after. Says the Gemara, Uledidi, Rav Yosef concludes, but for me, Ha'adifa, it's better that we take a risk. Adif means better. It's better to take a risk. What do, you, what do you mean take a risk? You understand what you're setting someone up? He might not be violating. He's going to dig and then he's going to go dairy. The ilah sharetle, if we don't permit, shara means to permit, like mutar, if you don't permit for him, people will walk in, they forgot to prepare the dirt, and they're not going to have simchat yom tov. They won't have the basar uh, that Robbie talked about earlier. And they're going to turn them away from slaughtering. Uh, we won't. With, and the fact that it's a doubt, it's a suspicion. It might be that they get distracted. They might not. Look, let's scale our two risks. One risk is they won't eat appropriately on the holiday. Potentially, potentially, mitzvah ta'aseh from the Torah. Uh, the other risk is, well, they might be distracted and not, in the end, come around to slaughtering. So maybe that's a statement. Uh, again, you know, it's not really, it's a rov ma'asim over here. You're talking about a statistical reality with regards to the way people act. Hard to quantify that, I think. But maybe that's what underlies in some way this mahluk Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi. You're speaking for Rabbi Yosef. Yeah. Rabbi, not so much so, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, says the Gemara, let's now deal with um, what, were we, what are we talking? We're just talking about, all right, so the, the digging up is a problem. What's a problem with regards to this digging up? So we talked about something called mukhan, something maybe mukseh oriented. The Gemara is going to address explicitly some other issues, even though mukhan, according to Tosafot, is kind of in the background. This mukseh issue is constantly being uh, debated, but just on the side. So it says the Gemara, umodim So it starts by quoting those final words of Beit Hillel. It could be a conversation about everything. It's probably a conversation both in Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. The very least, it's in Beit Shammai. So when you now deal dealing with digging up what could have or was or is the issue and in turn how are you permitting it so the Gemara says I'm gonna tell you how we permit this we have to have a lot of things in play you can't just go ahead in a circumstance where every all things are equal and you just want to slaughter and and and, uh, and dig and, and cover can't do it Needs to be certain things in play like what First and foremost, the, the shovel needs to be stuck into the ground before the holiday. For what reason? Rashi says, if it wasn't, it's melechet horesh. Horesh literally means plowing. For our purposes, it means what plowing does. Plowing loosens up the ground. If you're loosening up the ground over here by digging, that's a problem. If you stuck the shovel in before the holiday, that's sufficient to say this was already loosened up ground and it's not Melechit Choresh. Again, I remind you, Tosafot's reading of this here on Dafhet Mudalif, the second one, Ve'en Osarich, in the last line of it, Tosafot suggests that the issue, even at this line in the Gemara, not like Rashi, is not about Choresh, it's about Mukseh. You need it in the ground beforehand to make a statement. This is prepared. As opposed to, according to Rashi, you need it in the ground beforehand to say this isn't Harisha. We'll discuss... The shovel prepared, the ground prepared. The shovel in the ground, which shows that the ground is prepared. 
Tosafot, as the final line in our Gemara, will point out that this Harisha is not so simple that it's actually Asur or Hayav. Keep in mind, I'm not interested in the hole. I'm not interested in the loosened ground. I just want the dirt. So the Gemara will suggest that that's not Asur, at the very least from the Torah, in which case Tosafot circles back to this. What is it? It's either Mekalkel or Melachah Asirichah Legufa. I will get there. Uh, not today. We'll get there tomorrow. As, uh, it's Melachah Asirichah Legufa. What's that? Well, the shav, why is the shavu mukse? You're doing a mus- you're doing something nice, right? It's far with it. If it wasn't prepared to do this, then it wouldn't be muhan, yeah. Says the Gemara, okay, I'm out of you, Davushi Yeshla, Dek and Autmi Bodjon. Says the Gemara, so you got around maybe Harisha, you got around maybe something that's Mukseh, depending on Rashi or Tosafot. There's another Melacha. We have 39 Melachot. Mishnah Shabbat and Dafa'in Gimal enumerates 39 Melachot on Shabbat, which are all forbidden. Kitisha is what we call melechet tohen. Tohen means to grind. If you take a vegetable and you cut it into a very fine Israeli salad on, your, on Shabbat, not right before your meal, you have a problem called melechet tohen. I do it at night, I do it uh, it's hours before my meal. My wife does it. That's a problem. If it's a very fine, small piece, if it's right before the meal, it's permitted. It's sort of Otherwise, it's called melechet tohen. So don't imagine tohen only as, you know, a millstone of some sort. Uh, uh, um, tohen, uh, where, where we deal with something that's being ground means you're making very fine pieces. You're taking now the clump of dirt and you're breaking it up. That's melechet tochen. There is a question about melechet tochen. Shohan Aruch in Siman Shin Kaf Aleph writes, based on Terumat Adeshin, that melechet tochen is only when what's called gidule karka. It's only on matters and items which grow from the ground. How do you have melechet tochen in our Gemara? This isn't grown from the ground. Either you say, well, it's not grown from the ground. It is the ground if that counts, dirt. Alternatively, you say that, this is the way the Poskim discuss it, that grown from the ground is when you're doing it on foodstuffs. When you're doing it on anything else like dirt, it doesn't need to be grown from the ground. Well, What's that? Might be. Might be some roots even as well. All right, says the Gemara, so it must be, uh, we must argue that we're talking about already loosened up ground. So you not only put the shovel into the ground, but the ground is also not that hard, clumpy ground. It's a hard, clumpy ground. By crushing it up, you'll be as well. It must be, it was, Afar uh, it was already um, uh, ground up. Says the Gemara, but I have another melacha that you did. Avid guma, didn't you now make a, a, a hole? That's melechet binyan, that's bone. Says the Gemara, and we won't explain it right now. We'll pick up with it tomorrow. Those interesting words the Gemara concludes its conversation with. But effectively, what we address today is the first part. According to Beit Shammai, according to Beit Then we had the conversation in the Gemara between Rabbah and Rav Yosef. We got introduced to a few halachot of the Afar underneath. Uh, and as well as on top for Kisui Hadam. We talked furthermore about the vision of Rav Yosef that Rabbah is nervous, you might slaughter, you might uh, prepare and not slaughter, whereas he says, Simhat Yotov will trump all. And then the Gemara ultimately speaking gets into, but what issue are we dealing with? And we dealt with issues of Mukseh, not in the Gemara, but Tosafo telling us about it, Hafira, Rashi's interpretation to the Gemara, Tohen, called Kitisha in our Gemara. We talked lastly about this Ose Guma, which is Melechet Binyan, and we'll try to wrap that up and discuss it further tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.